0: Someone in red, in he to oh, he's it! From and it goes towards the,
1: goal for him. the This could be the most
0: dramatic story of the season. It's Torres. Oh! To get- Hello and welcome back to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. This is episode 12. We're discussing, oh man, what week is this of the Premier League? Week 4, week 3? And we have uh, Logan Stump. How's it going? And Matt Hargrove. I'm just kidding. We do not have Matt today. No Matt today. He's taking the loss very badly. He's in the shower crying (laughs) still. He's not... He's not digging the seven two loss that we'll get to now. He's he's uh, on vacation, um, so uh, and and scheduling just couldn't work out. But we will have him next week, and we will grill him about the seven to two loss. He'll get we'll get his thoughts on that. And next week we'll also look ahead to the Merseyside Derby. But this week is all about the games that just happened and some uh, Champions League draw, Europa League draw stuff that we're going to get into. Um, so let's get into it. I gotta apologize to to, to Chelsea. Uh, uh one because they smashed Crystal Palace 4 nothing Saturday at three a seven thirty a.m. on Peacock. But um, I, I do think that uh, you know I was really giving them some trouble about barely uh drawing against a recently promoted team, and man, this whole week went crazy, so uh, <laughs> so I do apologize to my beloved Chelsea. Um, let's get into that game. Chelsea 4, Crystal Palace 0. Uh, none of us got this right. Logan, you predicted 2-1 Palace win. Matt predicted a 2-2 draw. I predicted a 3-2 Palace win. Instead, 50 minutes in, Chilwell scores for Chelsea before he decides to have a great party for uh, Tammy Abraham, and then we got Kurt Zuma scoring in the 66th minute, you know, where our attackers can't score, but our defense will, I guess. Uh, 78th minute in, it's a penalty. Jorginho steps up 82 minutes in. Jorginho steps up for another penalty for nothing. Anything to talk about uh, this game, really? It's kind of like an old-school Chelsea smashes a uh, lesser opponent.
1: Yeah, I like. I really like chill well he played really well i I think that when you were watching him uh not only the goal i think when you watch him place corners and stuff he's got a very much um he's very much more attack than i thought he was going to be um with chelsea and i think that you know looking at chelsea it was very much like you said it was that just uh very methodical put you to sleep smash in the teeth and then move on because they're the better team and the attack finally looked uh, really decent and uh, I was watching because I was more focused on the defense watching back through and you know watching them communicate with one another it it really did seem like they're finally starting to put it together after a couple of weeks which is really impressive
0: let's get into I don't have much to say about this one other than it's it's good to see four nil uh, and hopefully that carries some momentum uh, because the this whole top of the league is very very Uh, up in the air so yeah maybe there's a shot I still don't think the side is is, the squad is good enough though Uh, let's get to Carlo Ancelotti's side Everton 4 Brighton 2 10 a.m. on NBC Sports Network 16 minutes in Calvert-Lewin continues his hot streak he scores for Everton Malpey scores for Brighton 45th plus two minutes before the half Mina scores for Everton then coming out of the half, it's James Rodriguez in the 52nd minute and then in the 70th minute to make it 4 1. And then 90 plus 2 Basuma scores for Brighton. Logan, I'm just going to keep bringing this up every time we talk about Everton, but you and Matt were very uh, giving Everton <laughs> some big shtick this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, now let's just say we'll get to it, but they're top of the league right now. Do you see them coming back down to earth soon, or is it just too many good signings and the rest of the league kind of in flux?
1: Oh, man, I think James Rodriguez is such a huge signing. Uh, and, and like I said in the preview, I, I didn't know where he stood as far as playing because he hadn't played much for the last couple of years just because he wasn't in favor. Uh, but I think when you really look at it, I think Everton has all the, the pieces right now to be competitive in Premier League, especially uh, with the tighter windows uh, between games. I think with the struggles of what looked like Liverpool and Man City kind of trying to find their way, Chelsea trying to find their way. Uh, Leicester looked like the best club coming up until this week. Uh, Right now, I would say Everton's the best team, and obviously through the table, but uh, Calvert-Lewin is really good. Very impressive, and it just seems like he scores every single time he touches it. So I I think you're right in saying that they'll challenge for the top four spots at least. I don't think they come back down to earth, and who knows? They might even win the Premier League. You know,
0: if Chelsea can't win it, I'm looking for a team like Everton or Leicester to really put up a challenge, because or Aston Villa. This year can be so much fun if it's more like the NFL in the sense of any given Saturday or Sunday, you know, where if any week somebody can, else can win, then that's going to really shake up the structure where, you know, we were at a point even before Manchester city won the title where it was Chelsea, United, Chelsea, Chelsea, United, United, Chelsea, Arsenal, United, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just like the same teams over and over again, winning titles. And it's, it gets old it gets it gets boring um i always feel sorry for uh, people that are fans of like small teams over there cuz it's like what else are you looking for other than like maybe a cup run maybe staying up in the league like oh you finished 10th you know like there needs to be incentive for these teams to actually have a shot at winning a title and if everton can do that uh, that would be very exciting. I just remember how exciting it was when Leicester won and the shock around the world. Um, and I want more of that.
1: Yeah, no, um, I agree. I think it's, uh, you know, looking at, looking at the table, how great it is to see... I mean, obviously it sucks as a City fan, but to see them down way below uh, and, and teams up top that you just don't normally see... Uh, playing well. And then I, you know, listening to the broadcasters and watching some of the writers and what they tweet, they really do think that this might be the deepest that the premier league's ever been. And I think that's really cool. Cause I think this year you're going to see a lot of, you know, diversity in the top, because I think that with the tight schedule, with, you know, focus on champions league for a lot of these bigger clubs, I think you will start to see, you know, results like this where Everton stay up there and, you know, Spurs getting hot and, you know, Southampton and guys that just don't normally belong towards the top playing well. I think it'll be exciting.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, I remember when I first started watching like Chelsea, like obliterating, like Aston Villa, like eight to two. And that was like expected a lot of the times, you know, like it wasn't like a rare circumstance back then. Like you were supposed to obliterate those teams and just move on to, You know, oh, we got United in a few weeks. Let's focus on that. But uh, you can't do that anymore. As we're going to look at right here with Leeds 1, Manchester City 1. That was 12.30 on Saturday on NBC proper. And uh, 17 minutes in, I roll my eyes because (laughs) Manchester City scores. And I was like, oh, maybe this won't be as fun as I thought. And uh, it's... um, Manchester City won uh Leeds nil and then fifty nine minutes in, Rodrigo scores for Leeds to make it one to one. And what was a very entertaining back and forth game. And I think Leeds is one of those teams that they're not gonna challenge for top four or anything, but they could be tenth, eighth. Like they could have a really good run, kinda like Sheffield has had in the past. Uh and then, you know, once they're up with the big boys in in the Premier League like they are, and they keep getting that Premier League money with how big that club is, they could really become a staple. Because let's not forget, this is the team that won the first division before it switched over to the Premier League. The year before, the last year before it was the Premier League, Leeds won, then we get into uh, like 1991, 1992, and it becomes the Premier League, and then... 2001, you know, they reached the semifinals of the U, uh, UEFA Champions League. So this is a team with history. They have tons of fans worldwide that can really put them on the map. Um, they're a bigger club than Manchester In the sense of history, uh, they're a bigger club than Manchester City. Um, but uh, not so much nowadays in the sense of money-wise. Um but your thoughts on the performance of Manchester City and, and Leeds as a whole?
1: Yes, I was, you know, I, I watched it initially and was obviously upset. Uh, I went back and watched the highlights again last night. And when I was looking through it, I actually am really impressed with the way that Leeds came out and played. And I, I think, you know, you had fans back and in, in playing in Ellen Road and uh, what you said. I think with the size and the magnitude that the team can have uh, on the, on the you know the premier league and the top flight i think with money added like you said tv money and all that i really do think that they can make a run at some of these big big name players and and it'll be interesting to see over time you know give them five years or so just how stable they can become in the premier league i don't think there's any chance they go back down they played too well against liverpool they played too well against man city they're a really good side and, and bielsa seems to have them playing in a in a type or a formation that just really kind of suits them. They wait to, I mean, they just kind of wait back, wait back, and then they attack you. Uh, And that kind of has some of the makings of these bigger clubs like City. And I think when you really look at it, I think if you compare the two sides, I think they're pretty similar in the way that they just kind of lull back and they'll, they'll press you when they need to. But as soon as you turn it over, they take off running towards the other side. So I think that, you know, those last 20 minutes was some of the best football i've seen this season from city but leeds was hanging in there right with them so you know i think it's interesting to to definitely watch leeds and how they progress
0: agreed um let's move on here newcastle beats burnley three to one that was at 3 p.m on saturday on peacock uh 14 minutes in san maximin scores for newcastle 61 minutes in westwood for burnley 65 minutes in it's calum wilson And then uh, 77 minutes in, it's Callum Wilson again, this time with a penalty to make it 3 1. Newcastle starting off the season pretty nicely as well, aren't they, Logan?
1: Yeah, I really like their signings. I I, I like Callum Wilson. I I like Hendrick as as a signing. Uh, Sam Maximin is just, uh, he really shows how different uh, he can be with the ball uh, at his feet. I mean, he's got pace, he's big, he's strong, he's able to find gaps, he's able to find holes to to kind of fill in. And, you know, when he's out running, uh, it's almost impossible to stop him. There's there's one point where he had the ball on the outside of the box, uh, and he's, you know, looking for a cross, but he was just putting the defender in all sorts of knots trying to move within the box to try to get him open shots. But, man, did he look good. And You know, I I think Newcastle has been – one of the more impressive teams and i know that with their the sales situation if they ever got some more money in there you're looking at another team that could really be noisy in the premier league and and again it's like you said at the top of the show i think that you're really starting to see some of these clubs add more depth to the premier league and it's becoming competitive you know one through 12 now that any team can beat anybody uh, and even below that maybe so It'll be interesting to see where Newcastle also goes because I think that they've been really, really impressive. So
0: so going into Sunday, the biggest result was Leeds-Manchester City 1-1. That's the one we thought we were going to really have a field mm-hmm. day with on the show. Uh, but as you can tell, we barely mentioned it because Sunday, <laughs> Sunday shook everything up. And uh, again, at 7 a.m., Leicester versus West Ham. This was the one mm-hmm. that everybody thought, oh, we'll spend a lot of time on this one. Because yeah. what's going on with Leicester today? They lose 3-0 on Sunday. Uh, Antonio scores 14 minutes in. 34 minutes in, Fornals scores. And then 83 minutes in, Bowen scores. And Leicester, you know, the team that was at the top of the Premier League and everybody was like, oh, they're looking really good. And I even said something last week about how mm-hmm. maybe they can challenge for the title. And they still can. They're still in good sh- uh, spot. But West Ham has been pretty impressive as of late. Didn't they just smash somebody last week as well?
1: Yeah, I don't remember what team it was. I think they they were like look. blue. <laughs> it, <laughs> was City. <laughs> it was, was City. I got Was it really? Yeah, it was 5 No, no. To two. Leicester.
0: no West Ham. Oh, West, West Ham. Ham. Didn't West they Ham. look good recently? Yeah, they, they, oh, they beat Wolves 4-0. Yes.
1: They've looked really good. Because I was going to talk about that. I thought you meant Leicester. I thought you were making fun of me. Um, <laughs> no, sorry, but yeah, you're bad. right. Leicester
0: did smash Manchester City, City and then they the lose to West Ham 3-0. <laughs> but West Ham had beat Wolves 4-0. Yes. So and, and Wolves is a good side. Yep. So there's this. West Ham, I had them picked for relegation. Maybe I have to second guess that now.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I I watched their first game, I think it was Arsenal. Uh and they put no who did they put dang it uh i need to look at my notes and you can maybe edit this out but uh they play somebody to start with and i think it might have been oh it was newcastle i think
0: yeah two nil yeah. newcastle one but now that we newcastle, see newcastle yeah. looking good i mean right. it's hard to really figure out what's real and what's not right
1: yeah, now. right it, it's it's crazy because and I, I think we picked probably the best time to start this podcast because the premier league i is was gonna say the same longer. thing <laughs> The you know U.S. men's national team, they're everywhere. They're flying around. I mean, they're all over Europe. And it's just so cool because it's like, here are these teams that for so long, uh, when you watch the Premier League, you're like, okay, the bigger side's just going to absolutely pound these teams in the ground. This year, I mean, l- like you said, Leicester comes out, they lead the Premier League with 12 goals going into match week four. And now they're still tied for first because they didn't score any against West Ham. The Hammers, who people thought were going to get relegated, look like one of the better teams, you know, mid-table. So it's, I mean, it's unbelievable how well everybody's playing. Like, not the big clubs, the the smaller clubs that are just absolutely dominating. And I, you know, I'm looking around thinking, you know, I I don't actually know who's going to end up in this top four because, uh, and we'll get later on down the road, there's a couple teams that just look a total disaster right now. And who knows where they're gonna end up and and there, there's some big names uh that are really struggling, including City. So it'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: Yeah, and uh man, I mean I will say though, like when I first started watching uh back in like two thousand eight or nine in the Premier League, Aston Villa were, were pretty good and then they kinda they sold all their best players. They had Ashley Young, they had uh um uh, I'm, I'm blanking on who I'm saying, but they did have Ashley Young. And like, I remember them being near the top at one point in that season, you know, like later in the season, too, where they were doing really well. And uh, then I don't know what really happened. They sold Ashley Young, they started selling players, and then they were like near the bottom, and then they get relegated. And it's like just kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I, well, let me just say they never would have won 7 to 2 against Liverpool even back then. <laughs> but, but it's just crazy how everything's going. Um, let's, uh, let's move on from Leicester, uh, I guess, uh, what, I guess, hold on before we do any reason to be concerned about Leicester, uh, losing three nil about West Ham or is this just a, uh, a flash in the pan?
1: Yeah, I, man, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I don't know what's going on. And like you said, I, I just don't understand. Usually you can get a feel of like, okay, the bigger clubs can eventually just, but they, they're they not. <laughs> and Leicester. You know, Leicester had been playing so well. They ripped City to shreds, and, you know, it's not difficult with the defense that we play. But, uh yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I And maybe I'll ask you this question later on down the road. Uh, I have a question for you. But right now, uh, I would say that I'm not concerned if I'm Leicester, but I am concerned if I'm the bigger clubs.
0: I would agree with that, really. I think Leicester, you know, like, okay – You lick your wounds from 3-0, that's not nearly as bad as what we're about to see from two of these big teams. (laughs) But, um, I mean, I think the only thing I'd worry about is the fact that, um, you know, West Ham, while they looked good uh, at times this season, they're still not like the cream of the crop. But, you know... It seems like one of the things that it's been affecting, I'm not sure if it's no fans or just the lack of training before the season, or if it's just, as I was talking to you guys uh, when we were texting, if it's just sort of issue with the uh, defense as a whole in the world. Because, I mean, like this has been a consistent problem in football now, soccer, that... we're we're paying, and by we're, I mean like every single club is paying top dollar for defenders, and then they still don't know how to defend. And when we look at Liverpool, and I'm not talking about this result that just happened, but when you look at Liverpool and their fullbacks, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson, I feel like they're more known for their attack. And it's almost at this point where you only have two defenders then, right? You only have your two center backs, and everything else is—and when you're playing from the back, it leads to more errors because they don't just boot the ball out. They just uh, decide to keep playing their style, and it causes more issues in the back. And with this being the number one way of playing, I feel like that's what's increasing like all of these goals. You have all these right backs and left backs, like we were talking about with, um, with Lamptey, you know, how he gets forward and and he gets it in. And you have, uh, you know, the Liverpool fullbacks. You have all these players. uh, You're just talking about Chilwell. All these defenders that it seems like they're getting more and more known for, well, I I get forward, I I cross it into the box, or I, you know. But they're not being known for like, oh, look at that tackle there. Look at that awareness there. Look at the marking there. And I think that might be the problem and what's causing all of these goals on top of the fact that they're not able to have had a nice, uh good training period, I guess due to COVID and like the truncated schedule and everything, just throwing everything out of whack.
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, like you said, it's, it's defenders in the left back and right back position that are acting as basically a deeper wing. And it's, you know, you've got those two guys playing forward and, I mean I can use city for example Mendy is an attack minded defender he doesn't know how to defend anybody uh Kyle Walker same thing they use him for his pace you don't really need that much pace as a defender but they use him in that right back spot because he's so good on the attack and like you said I mean it, with with uh, with Liverpool I think that you've got two defenders that are that could easily play midfield because their two defenders are fantastic uh, going into the back going from the back up and you know, I think you're right. I think that defense as a whole, like you said, slap a bandaid on it, and you know, buy attacking defenders and see what happens. But the way this is going, <laughs> with as many goals as it, you know that have been scored this year, and I forget the total, I saw a graphic earlier, but uh, it's the most that's ever been scored in the, like sixty some years almost. It, it's yeah, this insane. will probably
0: be this will probably be the season that breaks the record if this keeps up.
1: This is absolutely—it's absolutely nuts. Like, I can't wait for Agüero to get back if he's healthy, because I think he'll score about 300. It's—it's <laughs> it's really exciting. Like, I, I really do wish there were more prolific strikers uh, that we're gonna see. Then, you know, I, I think that with these clubs going the way that they are, you know, and if this goes forward in the future, you're gonna see these really lopsided score lines.
0: And uh, just an interesting stat I saw of the days where I don't think this is ever going to happen again is the um, Premier League 2005-2006 season, I believe it was. Uh, No, the one before that, 2004-2005 when Chelsea won the league, Jose Mourinho's side gave up 15 goals really the whole season the whole season <laughs> right and we had liverpool give up <laughs> half of that pretty much <laughs> in one game no way 15 15 and the next season with jose they uh they gave up 22
1: ah, really yeah good lord not like if you look at the goals right now the lowest is aston villa's given up two but they won't come anywhere close to 14 or you know that oh my gosh that's insane
0: yeah they had one loss that year 29 wins and eight draws yeah uh that chelsea team so they were they were a huge uh you know they were really good um back then uh defensively and that's kind of jose uh old school but like I said, I, and they had really good center backs. I don't think that'll ever happen again, that low of scoring, at least not this season anyway. This is you know getting to the point where you know, uh, you could give up 15 goals in a game <laughs> and probably still win the league, really. <laughs> or win the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Um, uh, let's get into it. And when I was talking about Aston Villa being really good when I started watching, they finished sixth. Uh, and seventh in those first two years that I started watching. So um, something interesting there. Uh, moving on to Southampton 2, West Brom nil. That was 7 a.m. as well on Peacock. Uh, 41 minutes in. I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Dejanope. It's Dejanope. Geneppo?
1: There we yeah, go. Yeah, Geneppo. I just watched the highlight earlier.
0: And 69 minutes in, Romeo scores for... Southampton. I would say probably not much to talk about in this one. Uh, West Brom still kind of in trouble. Southampton, just kind of middle, I guess. Like they're doing all right.
1: Yeah, they're. I think they're sitting eleventh, yeah, eleventh, and behind Newcastle, so not too bad for them.
0: Let's move on to Arsenal. Arsenal two, Sheffield one. This was nine a.m. on Peacock. Uh, 61 minutes in, Saka scores for Arsenal. 64 minutes in, Pepe scores. Then 83rd minute in, McGoldrick scores for Sheffield. Sheffield, kind of having a rough a rough start to the season after having a promising season in the Premier League last year. Are you are you worried about Sheffield, Logan?
1: At this point, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you guys should not have me on for the preview show next year. It, everything I've said, it's just gone to absolute hell. <laughs> Um <laughs> this was my manager of the year pick and it could still happen but man if they can't score more than one goal in four matches it's not going to be pretty because that that's where they're currently sitting 0.3 goals per match uh and I'm talking like there doesn't look to be an attacker in sight uh with Sheffield and it, it stinks because you know I I think that they they obviously want to improve and get better. And if they would improve on last year's results, I mean, you're talking about them challenging for Europe eventually. And you know, it's a it's a step back, and it's not like a minor step right now. It looks like a major step, and and I do hope that they can get it fixed. But it does not look pretty.
0: No, it does not indeed. Um, uh, Wolves won won the nil uh, over Fulham. 9 a.m. on Peacock as well. Neto scores 56 minutes in for Wolves. Wolves kind of gets back on track after losing four uh, 0 to West Ham, and uh, Fulham just still scraping that bottom
1: of the barrel. I can I can give you my yeah. Matt impression. Hold on, shocker. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt Matt is Matt. I think if anybody. Uh, it's anti-Fulham. It's yeah, it's, it's Matt. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I've never I've never heard of a man with such disdain for a club, but I think that's cuz he feels slighted cuz he he really likes Brentford. Um, so I uh, you know, I think that it, it has a huge effect on the way that it feels about Scott Parker's side.
0: Yeah, that handsome man though, not doing so hot right now. But there are two no. Americans on that team, Anthony Robinson and mm-hmm. Tim Ream, so I am rooting for them to stay off. Though it looks to be in vain. Now let's get to the big games, the two big games that were <laughs> greatly scheduled for the end of the weekend to really take the spotlight. And uh, I uh, I think these might take the longest time for us to break down here. Let's get into it. Manchester United won Tottenham 6. That was at 11.30 on Sunday on NBC Sports Network. We got this all wrong. Uh, Logan, you predicted 4-1 United win. Matt predicted a 3-0 Spurs, and I predicted a 2-2 draw. But I did predict a Manchester United penalty. And what happens 31 seconds into the game? A Manchester United penalty.
1: <laughs> I was so pissed. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, that was 30 seconds. And it, it wasn't really that clear. I mean, it was like, come on, really? I mean, he, Martial clearly drags his foot just so he can trip. And it's such a united start.
0: Bruno Fernandez does his, uh, as uh, I think, who was it said Arlo? I think Arlo said a hop get kind yeah. of jump for his penalty. He converts yeah. it. He hasn't missed one since 2016, so uh, it must work. I guess well, hell, he's work. had
1: about 30 of them, so that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Just in the
0: last year, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's really impressive. God, I hate them.
0: But two minutes later in the fourth minute because it took so long for Bruno Fernandes to actually convert it. That goal was in the second minute. Four minutes in, uh, I, I will probably still Butchers, even though I heard them say it a million times. Uh, Undembele. No, that scores was good. For, There we go. Scores for Spurs to make it 1-1. And then seven minutes in, man, Sun is just so much fun to watch. Uh, seven minutes in, he scores to make it 2-1.
1: He's so fast too. I mean, he just gets out in the open, and I promise you, him and Harry Kane might be the best duo up top.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I think, well, they're one of the best. Uh, we'll probably get into who I think might be better.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> Kane uh, scores 30 minutes in, uh, 37 minutes in, Sun scores. REA scores 51 minutes in, and Kane scores 79 minutes in. There was also and that sixth goal was a penalty from Kane there was also a red card i think that happened at 2 to 1 right or was it 3 to 1 that that one happened
1: uh, 2 to 1
0: that really changed the outcome of the match um i guess i'll let you go first what were your thoughts on this was this a fair red card should uh uh lamella i think it was should he have been booked as well you know, they do have VAR, so I'm assuming they would have been able to look at this red card offense as well. But uh, your thoughts on the red card?
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know if I'd have given it. I, I almost gives like that, uh, and I forget what it's called in basketball where it's uh, it's the double foul kind of thing. Uh, I, I think it's a little harsh here. I you know, one I really think it's harsh because that was my that's my best fantasy player that they just sent flying through the the locker room. Uh, but yeah, I think that uh, he, he's not happy because he gets elbowed, and then he kind of retaliates. It's kind of like that. Uh, you know, the second person that does it gets in trouble, and uh, yeah. he got and it, it got him. And when you're <laughs> when you're a United player, and I think when you're somebody like Martial, you can't retaliate in that situation, no matter how much it sucks. Honestly, he'd probably have been better down if he would have acted like he'd gotten shot. Uh, just to see what would happen with Lamella. I, you know, it is kind of rough because it is, it's a big game, obviously. Uh, and, you know, but now that they can go back and review it, you're not going to get away with a lot. Uh, so that's a tough red card to give. But again, I, you know, if you're Martial, you can't react like that.
0: Yeah, I think I think Lamella really sells it by yes. by falling down slowly for whatever Like Martial
1: reason. should have got like they both should have acted like they both got shot and were laying out there.
0: And I think this could go either way. I don't think mm-hmm. Lamella actually meant to do it on purpose. I think he was trying to kind of get so him off and it yep. just happened to get him in the face. But Martial just this little light tap on the face. You just can't retaliate. No. And uh I guess it changed the outcome of the max. It was at 2-1. It was 28 minutes in. After that, it becomes 3-1. But we don't know, really. I mean, Tottenham just looked the better side from what I'd seen anyway. So, who really knows? It probably wouldn't have been 6-1, to though. <laughs> um <No. laughs> is, is Ole Goner Solskjaer in trouble uh, right now? They they did some deadline day business, but uh, they got Edison Cavani. Mm. Um, but it seems like I, I don't even really know what they need. Okay. In the one goal, in <laughs> the one goal, the first goal for Spurs, Harry Maguire, what's he
1: doing? <laughs> he he just know. takes
0: out Luke Shaw.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think he, he thought think
0: he's still on Lester and he's like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to just take this guy down <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, or he thought he was in a bar fight again, and punched the wrong guy. I mean, I don't know. I, That they are so messy back there. I thought City was bad, but watching them play, and De Gea is not going to help you out at all anymore. So it's like, man, if things go bad back there, which they oftentimes do now, uh, it's it's ugly. I saw a stat too that, I mean, Harry Maguire has been trending down quickly, uh, and you know, looking at his player ratings, he just there's times where he just looks so confused. Like you said, I think he thinks that you know they need to stop signing all these players because he's just going to start taking people down who, no matter what color they're wearing.
0: Here's the issue. And this is what I'm talking about with defense. Harry Maguire has a good year or two that I still think he's overrated. But what happens? Manchester United are like, okay, we have defensive issues. We're going to go get them. Same thing kind of happened with Luke Shaw, too. But they haven't lived up to it at United. Also... The fact that these players, Shaw and Maguire, are English, it almost immediately increases the transfer fee in the Premier League. Uh, We saw it with Chilwell as well when he he left. Um, You know, when they're defenders and it's British defenders and they know a team needs defense, it's like these three things are immediately what... um, causes the price to just skyrocket, you know? They're like, well, he's an English center back. He's going to be on the England squad, so uh, we want this much from him, you know? And uh, Leicester really haven't missed a beat losing Maguire, and I think that tells you
1: really all you need to know. Yeah, and I'm impressed. I'm so impressed. I I saw that uh, graphic again that was showing what Leicester... I need to find a tweet because it's got the exact player's name too. And it shows what they do when they're transfers. And they've just stayed at even keel. Uh, and, you know, I think eventually as they start to get more and more money, uh, they, they've looked more impressive. But again, they, they sell at the right time and then they buy people at the right time. And, and for some reason, they're just those defenders fit there. And it's like those those clubs that, are, or it's like those teams in baseball that, you know, they go and trade them for three minor leaguers. It's the same thing Lester does, but they, they get rid of defenders at the right time, but I think Chilwell will be fine, where he is.
0: Hope so. I don't need him tackling Kurt Zuma on the box uh <laughs> to make a defensive statement. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's get to the big one. Sorry, Matt. Uh, uh-huh. If you're listening here, um, Aston Villa 7, Liverpool 2. This was at 2.15 on Sunday. I actually wasn't watching this one live. I was watching the Raven game, and... You're texting me and I'm like I had oh. to check the score cuz I didn't believe you. i was like <laughs> I was like what? You're like you're like what? I think you first started texting it was like 2-1 or yeah. 2-0 and I was like okay, like maybe that's possible. And then 2-1 I'm like okay, well Liverpool are going to come back and get this. And then you're like 3-1, 4-1, Watkins <laughs> yeah. hat I'm like what? What? <laughs> what is going on? Um so uh let's get into it here. Um Four minutes in, Watkins scores. Um, and this puts the dagger in Matt's heart, too, because this is a former Brentford player. Mm-hmm. So it's just mm-hmm. even even more betrayal. <laughs> uh, but I believe this was the one that was just a really bad... Now, let's say it, guys. Allison is out. Allison is, is out. Um, Mane is out for COVID. But Allison picked up a knock, and he's going to miss some time, it sounds oh, like. Yeah. Um. So this could be an issue going forward, but uh, he makes a really bad play, really bad pass, trying to hit up Gomez, and it's just way off. And uh, I think Grealish grabs it, or you know somebody grabs it for Villa, pushes it back to Watkins in the center of the box. He hits it in, and it's one nil already. Four minutes in.
1: <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> I felt so bad for Matt watching the game too, because I I didn't know how serious Allison's injury was and I think at Matt did uh at the time or it knew it uh, going in how far that would be but man it was it wasn't uh it was not a good start
0: <laughs> yeah no it was not um let's see here so 22 minutes in <laughs> Watkins again um to make it 2-0 and um just uh, about 11 minutes later, Salah scores. It's 2-1, and I'm sure most Liverpool fans are like, all right, we've done this before. Right? 2-1 down. We've come back. We came back against Barcelona in the Champions League. We can do 2-1 against Aston Villa. But just two minutes later, <laughs> McGinn scores for Villa uh, to make it 3-1. Then Watkins scores 39 minutes in to make it 4-1. Barkley scores on loan from Chelsea 55 minutes in to make it 5-1. Salah scores again 60 minutes in. It's now 5-2, but then Jack Grealish tries to give me the win in the fantasy league. I still lose, but he scores 66 minutes in and 75 minutes in. Logan, what went wrong? Cuz I have my own thoughts, but I want to hear your side.
1: Everything, everything went wrong. Uh No, you know, I think I want to say that, you know, a lot of it has to do with Allison. I mean, when Allison's not back there, I think, one, that defense has kind of looked kind of shaky lately anyway. And adding a hole back there at keeper, just like Chelsea had with, uh, with, uh, what the heck, I'm forgetting his name. How am I forgetting his Kappa. name. Yeah, yeah outside Adamant. Out yeah, exactly. Uh, when you have a keeper that is incapable, that you don't have confidence in as a defense I think even your mind starts to go, oh, crap, I've got to overcompensate for everything that I do because if I don't, this could end poorly. And once it started going south, the wheels just start to come off. Uh, Van Dijk looked pretty bad. Uh, That's the first time I'd ever seen him look that bad. I mean, he just looked kind of lost. But I think it doesn't help with the rest of the defenders that Liverpool does have because, again, like you said, they're not really defenders. They're attack minded first. And I think that Gomez is one of the worst uh, to put in behind beside him. And I think, you know, once that defense unravels and without Mane, I think that starts to get into their minds. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard to come back from 3-1. OK, now 4-1. this is getting really ugly. So enough to make Matt cry. But uh, again, I think that I think that Bill is actually really good, too. So I think That doesn't help matters. I think Ross Barkley is a huge addition for them. Grealish has played probably the best football uh, for a club that size uh, that I've seen in a while. It just seems like every single time he touches it, he's dangerous. So, uh, you know, I think what goes wrong is Allison. And (laughs) if he's out six, eight weeks or whatever, they're thinking he's going to be out. Um that could not be good for Liverpool. And hell, all of them keep tested COVID positive, so they might not ever get a full team back.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I look at the lineups here, and I still think, okay, yeah, you got. Uh, I'm losing. I'm blanking on his name. Um, uh, Adrian. Adrian. Uh,
1: yeah, Adrian. Uh,
0: on uh, in goal, but the rest of the squad minus Gomez I guess. Mm-hmm. But I mean like the rest of the squad is is almost like their first team. Yes, yes they don't have Mane but they got Jota who they just bought from Wolves who's done well at Wolves so it's like there's no excuse for me. And and when Matt tells me, you know, well the goalkeeper gets switched out so they feel like they're a little bit more loose because they're worried about the goalkeeper. I feel like That doesn't make any sense. I know he tried to explain it, and it's probably because it's over text that I can't understand it, because my thought process would be, I'm not sure if it has to come from Klopp or if it comes from the players, but if I don't trust my goalkeeper, I'm going to be more compact. I'm going to be more compact. I'm not going to let them... uh, If I don't trust him, I want to be more compact, so that way I can make the save and not the goalkeeper. Because once they get past me, if it's open it's up to gomez and my goalkeeper and i don't trust either of them you know so th- that's my thought process on it but um you know i don't know if that's like for me again this is part of the problem with playing out the back he-, he wasn't a good enough goalkeeper to play out the back what's he do he tries to get it to gomez mm-hmm. and then immediately puts them in a bad spot 4 minutes in and then they're almost having to already claw their way out of it um You know, all props to Villa as well uh, on this one. Um, But I feel like maybe then Klopp has to think, okay, if I don't have Allison and I don't trust Adrian and I don't trust Gomez, maybe I don't play out the back this game. I know that changes your fundamental style of play, but I feel like that doesn't happen enough in soccer as it is. It's like soccer, like, they'll go out there and say, well, this is the way we play, and we play our game, blah, blah, blah. Not (laughs) map. No, no. But when (laughs) when you look at, like, NFL football, right? And you have, like, okay, well, if this team's good against the run, we're going to have to throw it a bit more. If this team's good against the throw, we're going to have to run it a bit more. I feel like you have to make those adjustments as well, like where – Look, I know Villa, like, they probably underestimated Villa. That's probably part of the problem. We'll just go out there, play our game like we usually do. We'll come out of here, whatever. But when you know you're down Mane, and you know you're down Allison, and you know you have Gomez in there, it might be, you know what? If the ball comes to you, Adrian, just boot it. Just boot it. Don't try to be cute with making a pass inside your own box. Um... Because while that may be a player decision, that ultimately comes from the manager when he's implementing his style of play. And I think the week leading up to it, now of course they may not have planned Allison being out, I'm not sure exactly when the injury happened, but I, I feel like there's still time to adjust in that sense of this is what you have to do, you know? It's the same way with, you know... um any other sport you have to make the tactical adjustments that last time i have really seen like big tactical adjustments like let's say for chelsea even was when they won the champions league in 2012 um we weren't great we weren't a great team at that point but what we would do is we we sat, we parked the bus you know we we would park the bus and counterattack against teams like barcelona mm-hmm. like teams against Bayern Munich in the final because you know like they're better than us. So if we just be compact and we get out of this, we can get a chance to score a goal or two. And I know Liverpool's not built that way, but I think sometimes you have to make those adjustments around else, What else are you managing for other than just saying we 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 are ready, you know, and Klopp is the best I still think at this point. But I think there needs to be sometimes those adjustments that I don't see. Sometimes it's a lot of like we're going to go out there and play our way.
1: Yeah, I think that that you're right. I think that there's seems to be hesitance amongst the greats to to want to change their style. Uh, You know, at least their tactics for a match or two or three, just because they're so used to being in their systems that they, you know, so many people, you know, preach about and different things like that. So it, it is interesting to see. Uh, Klapp kind of sit there and not really adjust to what had happened. Um, but I, I'm telling you, if, if if Gomez keeps playing like that and Van Dyke still looks kind of lost, it, it's going to be a bit for Liverpool to get back to, and, and it'll be really a test when they come back and have to play Everton. Uh, I think that you're really going to get to see how disastrous Gomez, Gomez has been and you know, what that defense looks like. And if Allison's not going to be in goal, <laughs> uh, Everton might score 20.
0: Oh man, that'd be really interesting seeing like a James hat trick or something. Uh, so, not that I'm rooting for that. I just want, well, no, yeah, yeah. I, I really want I really want chaos this season and I think that would be great. Yeah. Um, let's get into the current top four. Everton lead with 12 points. They're perfect, 100% record right now. Seven goal differential. Aston Villa in second with nine points and nine goal differential. And I believe they've played one less game too. um, Because they started the same time City did. So they've only played three. So they're still at a perfect record. Leicester at nine points with five goal differential in third. And Arsenal in fourth with nine points and three goal differential. Um just like we predicted at the beginning of the season, we all said four weeks accurate. in, yeah. you know, it's gonna be Everton up top, Willow second, Leicester <laughs> third, Arsenal fourth.
1: <laughs> Liverpool fighting for that fourth spot.
0: Yeah. Lord. Um Lord. Chelsea's in seventh. Um
1: yeah, fourteenth. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah, United sixteenth.
0: One less game. That's one true. One less game for That's both true. of those teams. Current re- regu- uh, current relegation Burnley in 18th place with zero points and minus five goal differential. Sheffield in 19th spot with zero points and minus five goal differential. And Fulham in 20th place, uh, zero points minus eight goal differential. Uh, Pretty much, uh, you know, Burnley and Fulham right on course of where we are predicting. But Sheffield is kind of the surprise one there.
1: Yeah, so here's my question for you that I had way back at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Out of the top five, who do you see... Um, who do you you pick? Two teams that that end up in the top five out of those top five. Oh boy,
0: I I really think Leicester can finish in the top five.
1: Sorry, top four. You can leave Liverpool out because they're not. It's not fun. Top four. Pick two teams. Who's still in those? (laughs) Who's in those top five spots?
0: If I have to, I I would say the better the best chance would be Everton and Leicester. Yeah. I yeah. I believe it Villa's gonna be good, but I think Villa's gonna come back down a bit. Um uh, Arsenal could make it in there, but I think with Everton's squad that they have right now with James and Calvert Lewin and stuff, I don't see that as much in Arsenal. Like Arsenal has better strikers, I think, but when it comes to like they don't have like a James that that can run the game as well as him. So right. I for me uh, I think a surprise one can be Tottenham, actually, with how well they've looked with Sun and stuff. You throw Bale in there, and Bale's gonna try. Bale's reputation is on the stake, and he's at a club that he loves, with a manager that he wants to play for. In Jose, yeah. I think Bale can have a really great season. I think Tottenham, you know, while they started off the season kind of rocky, I think that they can, uh, I think they can make a run even
1: that'd be fun I couldn't imagine like those six or seven being really good with Leeds chasing them <laughs> that'd be that'd be an ideal finish teams I I doubt
0: in still I, I I still doubt in Chelsea I really do I'm not getting my hopes up there um, they have the squad but none of their players are going to, to score right now you know like none of the strikers and the attackers are going to score and we also have the issue that they want to throw a Damn surprise party for Tammy Abraham <laughs> against COVID protocols, and they're gonna end up like Liverpool and probably have a million players on the list. So yeah, not go. feeling too good about about that situation. Especially Chilwell, you just got to the team. What are you doing
1: with yeah.
0: this? Are you really that tight with Tammy Abraham already? I guess they know each other from England.
1: Well, I got one thing for Matt. How about that damn hugging and bicycle riding now, Matthew? <laughs> you got your whole team testing positive <laughs> for COVID. <laughs> that's why, yeah. yeah we don't They're like six each feet. other in the city, so that's fine. Yeah, you don't have to
0: worry about them spreading anything. No.
1: Um,
0: except rumors, I guess. But current golden boot is Calvert-Lewin with six goals and Sun with six goals. So, again, just as we drew it up at the beginning of the season... <laughs> <laughs> any more thoughts on this week before we take a quick break and get to our champions league uh, i
1: can't i can't handle an international break with all this <laughs> chaos ensuing and then we're going to go on this international break they're all going to come back and you know have these one nil games one one draw i
0: don't think so i
1: don't
0: so. <laughs> I, I i think this came at the right time actually because i think it works out with us being able to take a breather and then do yep. the 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 preview next week for for people that don't know we're doing a preview show next week because we don't feel rushed we don't want to make this a three-hour episode so we're gonna talk some champions league we'll probably what we'll do is we'll probably do transfer deadline stuff and preview next week and then this week coming up next is the champions league draw and the europa league draw but before that we're gonna take a short break and we'll be back with you shortly We'll get right back to talking some soccer with Logan and Matt in just a minute. But first, you guys fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Do you guys have Disney Plus? Because I have a brand new podcast that breaks down the Marvel Cinematic Universe's new Disney Plus series, starting with WandaVision, when it premieres later this year in 2020. And we'll also break down some news and speculation about the movies that are coming up, casting news, maybe even some comic stuff. We'll see how it goes. You can catch us. We're called Marvel Plus. Get it? Because they're about the Marvel Disney Plus series. It's called Marvel Plus. It's part of my Behind the Dreams network, uh, which is my Disney podcast. Um... But we have a brand new show. You can find us on the Behind the Dreams podcast feed, but you can also find us on our own feed. And then, like I said, it's called Marvel Plus. You can find us on Twitter, Marvel Plus Recaps. Find us on Facebook at Marvel, uh, Marvel Plus Recaps. That's about it. Back to your regularly scheduled programming. And we're back from our break. That was a great break. Uh-
1: <laughs> break.
0: Really quick break, um, just like when I'm at work and it's lunch break, and you come back and it's already time to go back Wait, to work.
1: Forty minutes. <laughs> Are you paying for me for that forty-minute break we just had?
0: No, it's a unpaid break. Oh, you get mad at
1: <laughs> paid vacation? I see what it is.
0: <laughs> Let's get into the Champions League. Um, the UCL draw happened on last Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, and Group A is uh interesting i talked about this a little bit for people that don't know we did just launch a new i don't know what to call it partner show show of our network it's a side show i don't know what it is but it is a show called the stateside soccer show it's all about domestic soccer so usl mls uh you know nwsl for the women's uh u.s men's national team all that kind of stuff americans abroad and I did cover this part of it on the show when I talked with Rich because there's some American interest here. Group A, Bayern Munich. Oh, there's some American interest in that, too, because Chris Richard, Chris Richards uh, just made his um, first start for Bayern Munich on the weekend as well. Atletico Madrid is in Group A. Salzburg, RB Salzburg, Red Bull, is... Uh, in group a that's uh the american connection there is jesse marsh is the head coach he is an american coach he coached at red bull new york and he, so he's part of that system with red bull where they get kind of you know they own a million teams and they kind of get thrown around mm-hmm. and uh that's where brendan aronson is going to be going from the philadelphia union uh in january so if they're still in it somehow at that point he could make an appearance i guess and locomotive moscow uh, Salzburg, you know, had a really great season last year in the in the Champions League. This year, I don't think it's going to be a really great one. We got Bayern, <laughs> Atletico, you know, Lokomotive. I think they can beat, but these other two teams are going to be really tough.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine them. That 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 group's easily got Bayern written all over it. But you know, the Atletico will make it ugly just because they're Atletico. But yeah, you're right. I think it's going to be. I'm looking through all the rest of the groups, and that American connection is starting to run deep, huh? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's why we're. That's why we're going to be talking about a lot of that also on our other show. Uh, Group B: Real Madrid, Inter Milan, who was the runner-up in the Europa League, Borussia Mönchengladbach, and Shakhtar Donetsk in Group B. Your thoughts on Group B, I guess, here. Uh, it should be probably, I would say, I would guess Real and Inter Milan moving on. But Mönchengladbach could probably do well.
1: Yeah, I I love Shakhtar Donetsk because the, the story is so cool in behind them. And I, and I think, you know, they, they're a staple in the Champions League. But uh, they just don't have enough to compete with Real and Inter. I'm really excited to see Inter because I really love the way that they were playing at the end of Europa So it'll be fun to see them in the Champions League.
0: Can't wait to get your thoughts on this one. Group C, (laughs) Manchester City, Olympic Marseille, (laughs) FC Porto, and Olympiacos. Uh, Lots of big clubs in there, but uh, probably not any that really threaten Manchester City.
1: No, I was going to call it the group of death, but uh, only for the other three teams. Uh, I think... If, if Man City loses out of that one, Pep should just start packing his office then. <laughs> uh, like If they lose that group, um, that huh, it'll be a real challenge. Because I know Olympiacos, they're always selling people left and right. Uh, I don't know much about Merseille. Um, and Porto. Porto's a, Porto will be a fun game, but I don't think they've got nearly enough to hang with City. Um, so it should be a relatively easy cruise through at least the group stages. But again, I said that it would be a nice game against Leon, and we saw how that one ended.
0: So, what you're saying is, if Pep is going to lose that group and not get through, he should kind of be like one of the house guests on the block in Big Brother, like, already already have his bag packed, he's like, already, he's done campaigning to stay, he's like, ah. I I'm going.
1: <laughs> I guess I'll I guess I'll pack my stuff now. <laughs> yeah, I think uh there's no chance. If if Man City can't get to that group, then we need new players and new coaches.
0: They would be like, you know what? Don't even fly back here to Manchester. <laughs> Just stay there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just you know, hang out in Porto and then we'll see <laughs> you later. Well you go coach them and, and it's been fun.
0: Oh my uh group D, Liverpool. Atalanta, who were, you know, media darlings last year, Ajax and Micheland are Group D. Should be pretty standard for Liverpool, but like we stated, if Allison is out and they have these COVID problems with Mane and if they keep getting these issues, you know, Atalanta can play, Ajax can play. I mean, it could be up in the air here.
1: Yeah, I like this group. I I remember texting Matt and I was like, it's kind of a fun group. Like, this is a a lot of goals coming, I think. Uh, It definitely has the attack on mind with Ajax and Atalanta. Uh, And Atalanta played really well um, finishing out their year uh, last year. And, uh, you know, it'll be fun. I think that Liverpool's got a fun group. I obviously think Liverpool's the golden boy uh, in that group. But it'll be a fun group.
0: Yeah, you know, just give us some sort of hope here, Logan, for our one Mitchell and uh listener here who, who thinks maybe they got a shot out of this group. Is there any way they can get out of this group or are they pretty much uh DOA?
1: Hold on, let me let me uh Google them real quick. <laughs> 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 who the hell are they? Where they from? <laughs> they did used Denmark. to have an
0: American on their team okay. at one point.
1: The Denmark side. All right. I'm looking I through believe Mostly Denmark. They've got a Canadian, uh, so that's fun. Um, yeah, go. I'm going to go with uh, Michelin. I want to call Michelin, but uh, Michelin does mm-hmm. not. Michelin,
0: tire, tire man.
1: Uh, Michelin, I am sorry for any of my Denmark listeners that are out there, but I don't see any kind of glimmer of hope for your club, but it'll be fun to be in the Champions League. I think it'll be fun to play in Anfield, so they should enjoy that at least, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they would enjoy that. Anytime you can, and, and Matt really does. For people that don't know, we'll get his thoughts on this next week. But he did tell us he's really excited about this group, just because I don't think any of these these teams have not played Liverpool for a yeah. long time, uh, or at all. So I think Ajax is the one that they have played, and it was a long time ago. But I don't think they've played at Atlanta or Michelin before. So, uh, they yeah,
1: there a couple of years ago.
0: What was that?
1: They almost got together a couple of years ago.
0: Oh yeah, Ajax and Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, when they faced Tottenham in the final. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could have been Ajax. Uh, group E. This is the Chelsea group. This has Sevilla, the Europa League winners. Chelsea, Krasnodar, and Rennes from France. Uh, I'm okay with this group. I think Chelsea can do okay in this. I I would actually expect Sevilla to win the group, Chelsea to come in second, Rennes to come in third, and Krasnodar to come in fourth if I were to place a bet there.
1: Yeah, was um, top that was exactly the order I had him in.
0: Really? There we go. Uh, watch it be, you know, the season just continue to be weird. Krasnodar wins the group or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, group F, Borussia Dortmund, and the American Dream, as he's known, Giovanni Reina, in Group F, along with Lazio, Club Bruges, and Zenit Saints Petersburg. This is actually a pretty decent group.
1: Yeah, I like the... I. I'm so excited to see Dortmund. I I really like watching them. I've watched a couple of their matches on ESPN Plus and Bundesliga, and watching them play is so much fun. I mean, they've got such a huge attack, um, and obviously Germany's known for their attack. But it, Dortmund would be – I mean, could you imagine if Dortmund somehow got to Bayern? That would be a fantastic like, – just the storyline in behind that. And I hope Bayern can – um, fall off a table somewhere but yeah i, I really do like <laughs> Dortmund. i think dortmund has got uh, huge potential um it'll just be a matter of can the younger guys step into this huge competition and perform
0: group g barcelona who now has two americans on their team conrad de la mm-hmm. fuente who likes to be just called conrad uh, like a brazilian on his jersey he just puts He's conrad and uh, and uh, Sergino Dest on Barcelona as well. Verse, they're going to be facing off against Juventus with Weston McKinney. I'm telling you, this is a great season for the Champions League and Americans. And we also get Dinamo Kiev and Ferenc Savros. If I said that right, uh, but they had just they were the ones that knocked out Celtic um, in the preliminary rounds. Uh, this is a pretty decent. Group in the sense of that Barcelona, Juve. Uh, we even talk about the big one that's Messi versus Ronaldo. We we're oh, looking I you were at going it, we were, and we were, yeah. that's what I was gonna say that that's what we already kind of talked about, but uh, we we kind of skipped over the whole part of it's Messi versus
1: Ronaldo again. But uh, your oh, thoughts yeah, on pretty, good, huh? yeah,
0: Barcelona versus Juventus.
1: Oh man, that'll be so much fun. Uh, two matches of, of Messi and Ronaldo going at each other. Uh, I think you know looking at looking at it uh, from an American standpoint like it's really cool I, I, I still I can't I can't even fat and it's more so with McKenney than it is with desk and Conrad because I think when I look out there and I see McKenney side by side with Ronaldo it's just so cool like it, it's such a cool picture uh, for especially for United States uh, national fans I mean the the men's team here for so long and then last Last World Cup was just so disappointing, but the blockbuster of having those guys playing, uh, which is why everybody's going to watch those games, is just it's going to be great. It's going to be a fantastic couple of matches there.
0: And our last group, Group H: PSG versus Manchester United and Leipzig, uh, Leipzig and Istanbul, Bashkashir. Uh They they were the ones I believe that won the Turkish League last year. Um, this, to me, might be the group of death, to be honest. This is a a pretty decent group.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say having Leipzig in there with with both United and PSG is going to be interesting. And I think that uh, it'll be fun to see United get knocked around by PSG, hopefully. Uh, I think that Mbappe running all over Man United's defense is not going to be fun for United fans to watch. But then again, who knows? He might be there with them in a couple of years. So...
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that this is a decent group draw. There was no, like, I would say there was no, like, really bad group of death where you get, Hmm. like, four teams that are just like, like, whoa. Um, But that one's probably the closest one for me, Group H. Um, Other than that, maybe Group C, actually, with City, Marseille, Porto, and Olympiacos. That's a pretty decent
1: group. Um, With all of them, I think, if you look at them. Uh, anytime you can put three that were in Europe last year together in a group now, it seems that that's, that's going to be the most challenging, for sure.
0: Let's get to the Europa draw. This was uh, this a lot more groups, so it's going to take a little longer. Uh, group A, CFR Cluj, uh, PFC, CSK, Sofia, Roma, and Young Boys, all in Group A. Roma should be able to tear through that one. No problem. Um group B, Arsenal, Dundalk, Molde, uh Rapid Vienna. Uh that's an Austri- uh Austrian team, Rapid Vienna. Um pretty decent group for Arsenal, Arsenal should be able to win that one. No problem. Um group C, Bayer Leverkusen, Hapoel Beer Nice and uh, Slavia Prague. <laughs> so we're getting to a lot of the ones where you're like, I don't even heard of that team.
1: Group C, <laughs> yeah, well, most Third of them.
0: <laughs> Benfica, Lech Poznan, Rangers, and Standard Liege. Um, the only one I haven't heard there is Poznan. Mm-hmm. Benfica and Rangers or uh, Standard Liege should probably win that one. I don't think Poznan's going anywhere in that. Group E, Granada. Uh, Omania, Nicosia, P.A.O.K. Thessaloniki, and PSV Eindhoven. I think Eindhoven and Granada have the best shot in that group.
1: <laughs>
0: Do you actually know that? Well, yeah, Granada is okay. from—I believe Granada is from the uh, La Liga, Spain, then, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. Eindhoven is uh, from uh, the Netherlands, so I think yeah. they got a good shot. Uh, I don't know the other two teams, though, so that's why I'm guessing those teams are probably the ones with the better shot. <laughs> group F, this is actually a pretty decent uh, group here. Yeah, that's a good draw. AZ said Alkmaar, Real Sociedad, Napoli, and Regeca. Uh, I think three of those teams are really good, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and
1: you get the, uh, I, can, I can see my, my boy, uh, David Silva, play. Oh, yeah, where did he go Sociedad? Real Sociedad, yeah.
0: Group G, AEK Athens, Braga, Leicester City, and Zoria. So, uh, Leicester and uh, Braga probably have really good chances of advancing. Um, Group H, AC Milan, Celtic, uh, Lille, and Sparta Sparta Prague. That's a really good group as well. Um, I think you know Milan should be able to get through. I think Lille can get through Celtic if they can't beat Ferencvaros. I don't have a, mm-hmm. I don't think they, they have a shot. Um, Group I: Maccabi, Tel Aviv, um, Korabag FK, and Sevaspor and Villarreal. Villarreal and I would say Tel Aviv have good chances of advancing there. Uh, Group J. L.A.S.K., Ludogorets, Royal Antwerp, and Tottenham. Spurs should wipe the floor with them. And uh, we got two more groups. Group K, C.S.K., A. Moscow, I think. Um, and uh, Dino mo Zagreb, Feyenoord, and Wolfsburger A.C. That's a pretty decent
1: side. Say, that's a decent side. That, those are all four I've heard of.
0: Yeah um yeah that's moscow right because i don't think mm-hmm. it was in the other one um and then group L: F K fk servena sevzada <laughs> no idea on some of these ghent hoffenheim and sloven Liberec. i'm just gonna say hoffenheim and ghent on that one
1: servena <laughs> sevazada is from serbia i believe yeah, um, stand
0: for? I don't think they have much of a shot. Oh uh, come on, Jordan! On they're they're my favorites.
1: <laughs> my favorites. Hoffenheim's Harry the one that got Droid, right? weren't they? Hoffenheim got beat like eight and nothing by. Was it Bayern that killed him? Oh, that was Schalke. Oh, was Schalke. I thought it was Hoffenheim.
0: The best part about Weston McKinney not being on Schalke anymore. Is oh yeah, that that's, have right. To right. <laughs> that's right. Watch Schalke. That's <laughs> right that's what it was oh what an upgrade he goes right from
1: there to juventus actually right into the starting 11 in midfield for juventus and he's on the champions league squad for them too so so amazing to me i mean just watching watching u.s players play in champions leagues and first sides i mean just that's gonna be so cool to watch
0: oh yeah definitely because i remember the days when they were never on a team or they would be on molda I remember Josh Gatt being on Molda um, <laughs> in the Champions League, and you're like, woohoo. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that was it. And then he gets knocked out because Molda sucks. And then you get, uh, you know, that's it. But now we got, you know, Pulisic on Chelsea, Conrad and Dest on Barca. We have McKinney in, on Juve, Chris Richards in Munich. I mean, this is uh, Dortmund. We have Gio Reyna. This is, it's it's craziness.
1: I can't wait for all of this to start again. I I love European football. I uh, just watching both of them, Champions League and Europa, uh, was a lot of fun coming out of that quarantine. Just because it was, it seemed like it was every day. Yeah, uh, and it was like the you know it's fun. the best
0: soccer, Champions League. You yeah, know, so getting yeah. that. But uh, yeah, so I think that about wraps us up. Any other last thoughts on the week before we move on to uh, closing this up?
1: No, I think that uh, I think that next week while we're talking more about previewing some of the teams that we might not know in the Champions League, uh, if we do all the Europa League, I think that'd take up our whole series for at least two months. Um, just how many teams? <laughs> yeah, I don't are...
0: think... we we probably only cover the English teams over there yeah. when we're focusing on that because yeah. of the uh, the nature of the show being Premier League. Right,
1: it'd be really tough to focus on the the Asian clubs and the different clubs that are from places I don't even know where they are or how to pronounce them or you don't want to it,
0: cover the Asian champions league too.
1: Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that's going to be a little, little bit much, but uh, yeah, I think that we're, we're creating content and I think that, you know, there's going to be more coming down the pipeline. I know I, I was talking about doing possibly um, a little bit of a different kind of thing on YouTube um, and I might even just make it city. I don't even know what I'll do with that, but uh, you can watch that as part of, whatever I come up with and then have these guys jump on with me or whatever it might be.
0: And I think we might even try to do an international themed one at some point that would probably be looking more when, when we look at it, that would probably be closer to qualifying for the world cup, um, where we could kind of break that down and then actually cover like, or, you know, it could start next year with, with Euro 20, um, Euro 2020 that's taking place in 2021 mm-hmm. um so maybe we can even do something like that i already have a name for it too that i'll, I'll send i'll tell you once we're off the air here okay but if you want to follow us reach us on twitter at stoppage show if you want to hit up our new twitter that's all about the uh american perspective of, you know, like the stateside stuff for our stateside show, that is at stateside show. So we got at Stoppage Show and at stateside show. You can reach us at two different places there on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Email us, Stoppage Time Soccer Show at gmail.com. Instagram at Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Again, if you want to listen to stateside soccer show, it's going to be on the same feed. You don't have to go looking for it somewhere else. And if we do any international one, it's going to be on this feed. Just all in one spot for uh, for convenience. Eventually, we might put it on a different one and then have it on both. I'm not sure how I'm going to juggle that. But for right now, it's all going to be on here. It's going to be titled easily. I've already put up um, an episode of Stateside Soccer Show where, you know, instead of the way that this one's going to be numbered is like 12 period whatever the stateside soccer show clearly says stateside soccer show number, whatever number it is. So um, keep an eye out for those if you're interested. And uh, that about wraps up. We will have Matt next week. Hopefully if everything works out great, I'm assuming it will. And um
1: well, Liverpool at- <laughs> can't lose. So that's going to be all right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll get his thoughts on seven to two. We'll get his thoughts <laughs> on the champions league draw. We'll talk about some deadline day deals that happened and then we'll preview the Merseyside Derby and all the rest of the matches coming up next week so thanks for watching everybody thanks for watching thanks for listening everybody and have a great rest of your day Kane has stolen him to death that's what he's there for thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show we hope that you continue to Listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.